imperative that you understand we are in complete lockdown situation. We have to get you to the third floor. And <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Were you finished? What's up, everyone? Welcome to Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Tess Janos, and today is an exceptional day for comic books. If you've been here before, welcome back. If you haven't, well, welcome. Happy to have you here. It's X-Men month here at OCD, so the only facts that I know about the X-Men are the movies, so I brought in some X-Men experts to help out, uh, to help us sort through the comic side of the X-Men, if you will. I have learned so much already, and I am very excited to be bringing another X-Men episode. If you are listening to this episode on the day it airs, we are a whopping eight days away from 31 days of comic horror. From October 1st to October 31st, this podcast will be releasing one episode per day for 31 days to count down to Halloween with horror comics. It's like those advent calendars, but for Halloween with an OCD episode. To follow along on this pumpkin-flavored podcast, be sure to check us out on Instagram at OCD Podcast, Facebook at Facebook.com slash OCD Podcast, Twitter at Ongoing Comic Pod, and Patreon at Patreon.com slash OCD Podcast. I'd also like to mention that as a Patreon member, every Sunday in October, you will receive a letter from moi with a list of the episodes for the week. How spooky is that? Answer, terrifyingly so. Uh, one quick thing. So next Wednesday, I'm going to be releasing the episode on Sunday, uh, September 27th, to give that episode time to breathe. Because if I don't, I'm going to release it on Wednesday, September 30th. And that means the next day is October 1st, which is 31 Days of Horror Comics. I got to let episodes breathe, especially that one, if I can. Because uh, X-Men Month, I want to wrap it up in a nice bow. Uh, but don't worry, I will be reminding you of that shortly. All right, there's more news, and one more piece of news, and it's pretty exciting. I'm pretty dang excited about this one. The Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast is now officially part of the Brain Freeze Podcast Network. Woo! I feel like OCD will make a great fit into this fun network, and I'm hoping to bring some people from Brain Freeze to guest on OCD very soon. So stay tuned for that. Uh, you guys have already met Reed and Richard from the D- Dr. DC podcast. They are part of that network. So shout out to those dudes. What's up, dudes? I don't know why I did that. All right. To check out the other podcasts in the network, cruise on over to brainfreezepodcast.com or follow them at brainfreezepods on Twitter and Instagram. So OCD just got that much cooler. Get it? Brain Freeze totally. Network. Get Thank it. you. Nice. I'll be here all day. All right, now to introduce today's co-host. Um, so there's been a change of plans. Uh, love it. Love it. The awesome Kyle Clark and I recorded a beautifully detailed X-Men episode that was two and a half hours long, but it has since been lost in cyberspace. Yep, sometimes that's just what happens in the world of podcasting, and I know my podcasting friends out there have 
probably and definitely gone through the same thing. So it's all good. Uh, we're just rolling with it here. So um, Kyle is gonna send over an audio file to answer your X-Men questions. And I'm gonna put those on to the end of this episode. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but I am very lucky because I am married to a guy that loves comics and also loves X-Men. So today's co-host is, once again, my hot husband, John Babe. What's up, baby? What's up? I'm happy to be here. Um, I am a great understudy. You are, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm stoked. I'm psyched. I'm actually really psyched because you and Kyle had one plan. Yeah. And then um, me, like the diva that I am, uh, you said, can you come on and do it? And I was like, only if we can do the comic I just read because I really, really love it that much. Yeah. And, you know, you... you Gave me my wish because I did. You know. Well, speaking of wishes, can I just say I've never gotten so many texts and like Instagram messages of people who are like, Bring John back, bring John back, and I'm like, Fine, so y'all all got your wish too. <laughs> you guys are gonna regret it. <laughs> uh, all right, okay, so we know that you love X Men. I'm gonna ask you a question that has been asked every week by uh, I get a question? you get a question. I'm gonna oh give you a question because so you. Yeah, you didn't get a question the first week. I, didn't, I never get questions. You Not don't? Even you. you don't even give me questions. I don't give you questions. Are you sure? <laughs> um, okay, so... It's more like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Could you Why? stop it? They're all... I mean, they end with question marks every single time. Right. They're more like exclamations. Like, why? Or a question mark and an explanation. Like, what are you doing? A little insight into our marriage. Love and marriage. Um, okay, so shout out to Prime all the way in Florida from Prime Nostalgia Podcast. Florida. Florida. Um, he has been asking to uh, our guests every week, and he did ask Kyle, and Kyle put his uh, uh, answer on it. But he wants to know if you could pick someone outside of the Marvel Universe to be part of the X-Men, who would you pick? He, he thinks Static Shock would be an awesome one. Okay. Okay. That's an interesting question, right? I know I should have asked you before, but I'm I'm just rolling with it here. No, no, this is live. We can always we can edit out my thinking. I think a lot. For those who don't know me, I stop and I think about every single word I say. Yeah. So this might take about thirty seconds. Um, <laughs> still thinking. God, that's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, I I, I want to, like, answer unobjectively because you always just think, like, oh, anyone can join in. Um, it has to be someone who understands being a misfit. It has to be someone who's, you know, understands teamwork because you want yeah. them to be a part of the X-Men, right? But you don't want them to be, like, jerks or... Jerkmen. Well, okay, no... <laughs> They could be, no, they could be jerks, because there are some jerks part of the X-Men. I mean, yes, but like, they're like the lovable jerks. Yeah, like Magneto. I keep bringing him up because... I don't know if he's a lovable jerk. Okay, he but he's been through a lot of shit, dude. How could he not be a lovable jerk? <laughs> According to my... He's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. You have the bad boy comments right now. Yeah. I could change he's him. A, he's a metalhead. I really I, like him. I could change him. He could be a good... He could Good. Yeah. Okay, but what's your answer? What's your answer? Um, I don't know. God. I'm trying to think of what's a good mutant in the DC universe. Um, 
I don't know. I want the Umbrella Academy to part of the X Men. Oh my god, that's a really good one. Actually, that's really good. Like well, they, they were umbe- just screw everything up so bad, and their powers are like a lot less than what the X Men's oh, powers okay. are. I feel like every single X Men could like destroy the Umbrella Academy. What about Klaus? Klaus is the best. Klaus. What is Klaus's power? Wait, what is Klaus's He's power? He communi- communicates with the dead. Oh, that's right. And um, I feel like he has some kind of... <gasps> you know what? It's, we'll put Klaus... He's a medium. He's basically a medium. Yeah. Put Klaus in the Age of Apocalypse, and then he could communicate with Professor X, and then and then it'll get them out of the apocalypse. Or he communicates with everyone in this comic that we just read. Right, because they're all dead. Because they're all dead. Okay, so what comic do you have us looking at today, babe? Um, so, as I, as I said, I'm, I'm a big comic book geek, uh, and I love uh, deep diving into things and kind of learning more. So, I grabbed this one the other day, uh, Old Man Logan. Yeah, Wolverine Old Man Logan, written by Mark Millar and Steve McNiven. Or it's probably drawn by Steve McNiven. I think this is 2018, and you got this, like, a week or two ago. Yeah. At the comic book shop, and you were like, babe, dude. And like, just on the front, there's like people, there's freaking, there's old man Logan with his sh- his sh- snicked. Sh- snicked his shards of metal coming out of his hand. And then there's like these hillbilly punk rock, like green people, which I was, you were like, oh, that's the banners. And I was like, what? So I, there's so much going on in here. I read this this morning in no time. I, like, flew through this. This is so good. It's really good. Um, it's a Western. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I love... I'm a big Western fan. You know, The Good Band, The Ugly, Tombstone. Like, these are all, like, right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, any spaghetti Western. Like, I just dig them. And it's, it's, a, it's a redemption story. It's a classic Western redemption story. I love a good um, redemption story. There's a sidekick. There's multiple villains. There's montage of violence. <laughs> so much violence. But justified violence. Some very justified. I still, like, it hurt me physically <laughs> to see the Red Skull dig his thumbs into Captain America's eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that page is legit. Like, because <laughs> he's an evil Nazi. I'm sorry. No, he really is. He's legit he an a, evil Nazi. The swastika on him. <laughs> all evil. All Nazis are. I don't care. I'll say that blanket statement right now. Yeah. All nices are you. Not, you're not the only one that thinks that, yeah. Um, but uh, Red Skull specifically. And oh, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's the way they did it. It's just great. And you see the old man version of all these heroes. It like It's legit <laughs> so cool. Like, okay, we're going to get into it. Let's get into it. All right, let's go like... We're going to walk you guys through this. Oh, but first of all, you said that there are like 12 other volumes after this one? Yeah. So it's it's a it's a long one. It's 10 volumes trade-wise, right? For the old man Logan. Total? Total. Nice. And then it sort of ends cliffhangery, and then a 12-issue <laughs> run begins. Okay. And it's Dead Man Logan. What? Yeah. So there's Old Man Logan. That is literally 10 trades. Right. I forget the exact issue count. It's a very long story, and it's very classic X-Men in that it gets weird. Yeah. Yeah, I I deep dove uh, myself into all of them. Uh, None of them are bad. Uh, They're they're quite good. The story's super rich. 
Um, but it gets weird. I think volume one is so beautifully, perfectly done that if you stop there, if you stop there, you're like, I'm satisfied. So with this one, you also got Old Man Hawkeye as yes. well. So it's a, I didn't know they did like, and you know what's funny is that I've always wondered where, what happens when all these, these people age. And I'm so glad that like, I'm able to read one of these. This is my yeah. first like old like superhero whatever well they, uh, comic. they do these like stories right so they yeah. had the, the old man logan and now the prequel old man hawkeye is actually a prequel to old man logan um, oh not to get uh, spoilers out for that one but it's basically um in the old man logan hawkeye is blind mm-hmm. he's a blind man um which is ironic which is very ironic because he is precision yeah um so what happens is they after the, this one finished up? This is a recent one. I think it was released this year, or at least the complete series was released this year. Um, is the story of Old Man Hawkeye losing his vision? Mm-hmm. So as he is aging, um, cataracts sets in, and it's his like last hurrah before his eyesight goes. That's crazy. It's kind of it's it's beautiful. Again, another very much a Western type story of like yeah. All right, it's my last hurrah as an outlaw. Like, to go out with a bang but like this world that they live in is basically they're living in a western like the world is oh yeah it's a wasteland it's a wasteland okay let me read this and then i really want to get into it because yeah let's do it i feel like we're we're doing a bunch of teasing here (laughs) all right so the only way writer mark millar who also did wanted and kick-ass could top his all-time classic wolverine tale enemy of the state was to take it to the future with his Civil War brother-in-arms, Steve McNiven, handling the art duties. Fusing the dystopian superhero elements of the X-Men's Days of Future Past, the wild and wooly futurescapes of Mad Max, oh, I was going to say Mad Max, and the tragic pathos of Clint Eastwood's archetypal archetypal Western heroes, Merlar's tale finds Wolverine at a crossroads with who he really wants to be and who he really is. Millar's typically over-the-top action scenes and McNiven's adrenaline rush theatrics will keep you turning the pages until the last body falls and Wolverine's quest for peace in a world that won't leave him alone. And let me just say, that summary is not, like, over-explaining. Over like, that's 100% correct. This, this book is dope. Yeah, it's an incredible book. Um, again, it's one of those where everyone says, oh, have you read Old Man Logan? Have you read it? Have you read it? Yeah. And you're like, eh. It's sort of like um, the movie Gladiator. Where everyone's like, Gladiator's great. Gladiator's great. Have you seen Gladiator? Gladiator's great. Yeah. And it's on everyone's like top movie yes. list. And then yeah. you're like, eh. And then you watch it. And you're like, holy shit. Right. This is ridiculous. Um, that's what this book was for me, at least. Um, I read it. I jumped in. And I was like, this is amazing. The concept is incredible, right? Yeah. So basically, what it states is, look, um, this is a world where, because there's anywhere from like 25, 50 villains for every one hero, mm-hmm. well, what if, right? What if they all just said, look, let's work together. All the and villains. Just, and just wreck this. Yeah. And so this is literally the aftermath of that playing out. I mean, you have a scene where um, Spider-Man villains team up with Magneto to kill Avengers. You have, uh, uh, you know, another Spider-Man villain, which is a a giant twist, we'll get there, 
um, that assassin, you know, killing off another crazy, like, it's... There's a uh, lot. There's a lot that it, I want to go through it and read it, and so, like, everyone feels the shock as we read it. Okay, let's go through this. Because, like, the thing about this is that, like, you don't want to spoil anything too early, because when all these things are revealed, full spoilers in this one, by the way, and if you haven't read this and you're like, I'll just listen to this episode and I'll be fine, like, no. This artwork is probably 70% of the story. It's incredible, especially how they do the banners. Like, Oh, God. Dude. Okay, here we go. All right, so they open up. And Wolverine is walking through the woods in his old, like, Wolverine outfit. He's tired. Like, beat the shit. Yeah. Just, t- like, just tethered. Wrecked. Yeah. Um, and they keep referring to these, like, bad guys. Yeah. Like, so the- it's basically the, the bad, like, the way you walk into it, and it's like the bad guys have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, they finally broke me. They, they, they defeated me. And then you, you go in, and, you know, it's, it's far in the future, right? 50 years, yeah. 50 years in the future. Um, Logan's coming in, he has a farm, he's got a kid that's looking up to him, and, and you know, rents to, and then you're wondering, like, oh, the landlords are coming, who the hell's gonna push Wolverine for rent? Like, yeah. The dude pays rent when he wants. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, of course, you haven't really understood yet what's going on, you don't understand what's going on with, like, Wolverine's psyche. And then, you know, the landlords show up, and it's like, it's the banners, but it's not the Bruce Banner we know. It's not, you know, anyone we know. It's literally like... It's Bruce Banner's grandchildren. They're his grandchildren, but they're... I mean, for lack of a better term, they, they look like yokel They're hillbillies. Yeah. They even refer to themselves as hillbillies in there. Yeah. And it's very much like... uh, It's off-putting. It's like, wait, hold on, wait, what? Yeah. Um, And the more you go into they're it... Mean. They're, they're mean. They're evil. They're legit evil. Beat the shit out of Wolverine. Yeah. Um, Just because... And the main uh, beginning of the story arc, so the, the what takes the hero onto his journey, right, is this fight for rent. <laughs> yeah, he has to pay rent. But before we get to that, there's like a huge part that's pulling Wolverine back. Something has happened to him that we don't know about yet. And he does not like to go by Wolverine. Like, his kids are like, hey, Dad, my friend said that you used to be a superhero. Is that true? And he's like, don't listen to your friends. They don't know, they don't know anything. He's really sweet to his kids and his wife and everything. He loves, his, he loves his family. Don't get me wrong. But he just does not. He's like, my name is Logan. My name is Logan. Like, this whole time, he does not want to be called Wolverine. So, yeah. yeah. And they just insinuate that he's broken. But not broken like, my abilities don't work. My is not like... His heart. Mentally and emotionally broken. Yeah. And it's it's kind of wild because you see these moments and the way they're drawn in the book are beautiful, right? The angle is like, oh, is you see his muscles tense and he's flexing and it's like, he's about to beat the shit out of someone. And then you look at the next panel and he's getting cracked and it's just like, oh. Whoa. Yeah, the banners are just like, they have no mercy. They're beating him up. They're literally like, you need to pay rent. He's like, I ain't got money for rent. They're like, all right, we're going to smash your face to the ground and blah, blah, blah. And they even make fun of him too. They're like, come on, you can't put up a fight, Wolverine, Wolverine. He's like, my name is Logan. My name is Logan. Yeah, and it's funny because he has this like panel of like him imagining yes. messing him up. Slicing right, right through their so belly, yeah. And, you know, for those who aren't crazy familiar, if a lot of people are learning about X-Men, like Wolverine has the claws, right? But those claws are the sharpest things in existence like they will cut through near anything i think when they do like the, the physics of powers and things wolverine's claws are supposed to be able to cut through anything 
So he just shreds it to Hulk flesh, which is supposed to be like crazy strong. It, it, and thick. Yeah. It's thick. It, like bullets don't affect it. Um, radiation doesn't affect it. Um, and he's just like, it's like a hot knife through butter, just uh, snicked. Um, snicked. Yeah, so it's, it's, he has this whole vision, but then it's like he snaps into reality. Mm. Like, no, you're not that guy. And they just beat the crap out of him. And then you're introduced shortly thereafter to Hawkeye. Hawkeye comes in and kind of helps him get on the mend. Yeah. Um, and then here's where he goes, like, hey, you need rent money? Well, let's... I got a job. Road trip. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like, yeah, I got a job in New Babylon. It's a delivery job. If you give, if you do it with me, I'll give you $500. And his wife is like, you know, that's plenty of rent. That's over two months. Rent. I don't know how much their rent is, yeah. but I can only imagine. Um, it's not very much. They live in like a ranchy type house. and I mean, you never know. They Maybe. don't get into, and that's, again, the beauty of it. They don't get into like the economics of the world. There's no There's point. a lot of like... They, they don't build the setting that much, right? They tell you, okay, look, the U.S. is divided into four parts, right? So there's uh, the Bannerland. On the west. the west coast. Yeah. And then, like, the Vegas from, like, Montana, or Minnesota, all the way down to, like, New Mexico. It's Magneto. Uh, is, uh, it was Magneto, now it's uh, Kingpin. Oh, right, right, right. And then after that, it's... Forget who's the third one. There's a map in there, but There's like they have to, they have a map and they have their road trip map and they, they they give us like the whole map. So I think it's cool that they do this because this as a story point, it's super cool, obviously, but it lets us go through each of these lands so we can see how messed up like America is now. Yeah. Okay. So it's Hulkland, mm-hmm. uh, formerly abomination, starting from the west. Yeah, starting from the west, and it's Kingdom of Kingpin. Yeah. And then there's like a. Uh, wasteland like free-for-all area mm. and then it's doom's lair which i'm guessing is like dr, dr. Doom. doom he is in this one too. uh-huh and there's osborne city which is like another like no-named area and then there's the president's quarter and like the east coast right and that's where new babylon is. that's where pimps cross is there's a lot of famous um hero spots like named after heroes mm-hmm. and um I think it was, uh, yeah, Hammer Falls. That's where Thor died. And that's where his, his hammer is, like, just waiting there. Because nobody can pick it up. And when they drive through it, like, it's, it's a mecca for, like, people praying mm-hmm. for heroes to come back. Well, before we get to do that far, um, I want to bring it back. Hawkeye and Wolverine, they're super tight. And Hawkeye does not know what happened to Wolverine. He's like, dude, like, why won't you fight? Like, why can't I call you Wolverine? You know you're like the biggest, baddest superhero there ever is. And he's like, just, you don't understand, you don't understand. He's like, all right, dude, just leave it at that. But my favorite part is that they start this road trip and then they're fucking like Spider-Mobile. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So they get a Spider-Mobile, which is... An awesome throwback to like classic Spider-Man cartoons and comic books where he just had weird shit. Um, kind of like, oh, Batman has success with a Batmobile. Spider-Man has a Spider-Mobile. And there was like a spider job. There's a bunch of like spider stuff. Yeah. That is like, it's super campy, but it's also like, Oh, I love the fact. They needed this Spider-Mobile because it does everything that a spider does. So they can crawl up walls driving. 
but yeah, this it totally helps them. I'm glad it's not just like it looks like a Jeep, but it's like got it's red and then it's got like the web, like the spider <laughs> web in the front. It looks so good. <laughs> Uh, if I can find a picture of it, I'm going to put it up on Instagram oh, this great. week. It's yeah. But they get the Spider-Mobile. They're, they're moving across the country. And, you know, one of the first things they meet. And, and you meet these, like, bands of, like, roving gangs. Like, the, the closest thing I could resemble it to is, um, have you ever seen the Warriors movie? No. All right. So the Warriors is a, is a kind of a classic New York uh, gang movie hero movie um basically all there's all these gangs mm-hmm. inside a col- near colian or in new york i forget um and each gang has like a theme so the gangs in here are like themed so you have the ghost riders is one of like the first ones they meet right and it's all these bikers which i still i they don't go into how these random dudes have the Ghost Rider bike powers. They don't have, like, the skull head and the flaming thing. Are they not, like, family members of Ghost Rider or something? I, well, the thing is, the Ghost Rider doesn't have a family, right? It's, it's oh. a gift given by the devil, right? Or yeah, a curse given Maybe by the Maybe they're, like, goons of him or something. Who knows? I know that uh, this is deep diving a whole other thing. Um, Ghost Rider becomes the king of hell. I don't know. Regardless, the first goons they meet are Ghost Riders, right? And... The whole purpose of this thing, Hawkeye is is telling Logan, you know, like, hey, I gotta make a delivery, you know, just come along with me. Yeah. And he never says what it is he's delivering. He just says, just come with me. Yeah. And Logan's like, is it drugs? Is it this? He's like, you need to stop asking me that. Well, he, I think what he says is like, you know what? Sure. <laughs> like one of those, like, what is it? Is it this? Or is it that? And they just reply like, yes. Yes. Like, yeah. You didn't give me a straight answer. He's like, yes. <laughs> like you're not gonna get a straight answer. Yeah. Um, so they, they're, they're going in and they meet this band and again, Hawkeye is like, all right, like, let's go. And yeah. Wolverine's like, no, dude, like I'm, I'm a pacifist. He just sits in the car and waits for him kind of thing. And he like gets and Haw- up. Hawkeye gets his ass whooped for like a minute. Yeah. And then he ends up, again, Hawkeye is incredible in this and he plays on that whole spiel of like you lose one sense and your other amplifies right so he's listening and ends up just through sound putting an arrow through all these guys through their like skulls yeah right? it's incredible. Skulls. yeah um yeah but even before they meet the ghost writers they meet these uh things and because they're important later the moloids the weird creepy zombie oh, blind right. things that come out of the ground they meet them in san francisco and they kind of, they're like, they act like termites. They're like zombie termites, but they don't look like bugs. They look like people, but like bald and blind. And I don't know, we could have done without that in here, but I guess it kind of makes sense later. Yeah. I don't know. I, just remember that. They weren't, <laughs> they weren't super memorable to me, but yeah. they are like a part of the story. <laughs> yeah. They um, they help them out later. <laughs> yeah, they do. They help them out later. They, they do help them out later. Jeez. Yeah. Um, but I then, forgot about that part. Wow. Yeah. 
but then they get to Hammer Falls, which is like basically the city of hope. It's the number one tourist attraction. Kingpin's the landlord here. And like John said, uh, Thor's hammer is in the ground and nobody can pick it up because only Thor can. But like there's people that worship Thor's hammer and they they circle around it and they're like you know they have hope that the 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 heroes will come back they have just a bunch of like paraphernalia of all the old avengers and stuff and but it's still a wasteland but just imagine like you know keychains yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's what it is i mean it's again it's no matter what we would use to describe the art it's something unto itself Yes. Like, it's super well done. Um, and it's something we, at least I haven't, I've never seen before. Like, whoa, there's just Thor's hammer chilling. Because there is no Thor. Because nobody can pick it up. Because nobody is worthy. That's so crazy. Like, hold what? Yeah. It's bonkers. And it's just this, you, you realize in those moments where it's like, and again, it happens often in this book, where you see... A hero die and you're like oh crap like there is no hope there yeah like it's done there's no like well maybe if this like, right now it's like no they don't come back they're, they're all dead all of them spider-man like, iron dead. man thor everybody is dead like dead 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 they are not coming back and the reason why like wolverine and hawkeye are still in here is because they've been like laying pretty low yeah. If if not, they would have been killed by yeah. somebody. Well, it's super messed up about Hawkeye, right? Yeah. Because he was never... And this, it's been the running gag with Hawkeye in the current, like, Marvel Universe, right? It's like, yeah. He has no power. He has a bow and arrow. What is he doing? He's fighting a, an alien coming down from the sky. Is pew, pew, with a bow and arrow. What? Practice makes um, perfect, babe. <laughs> You could be Hawkeye. So they, they kind of reference it in Old Man Hawkeye, and they reference it in this book as well, where it's like, he's not taken seriously as an Avenger. Oh, I see. Like, he's just like, you're not, we don't have to kill you. You're not strong enough to do anything. Right, right, right. right. Like, you were strong because of your friends. By yourself, you're a guy. So it's, it's a, uh, like, that's why he lays low, and then Wolverine is broken, and everyone knows that he's broken. Specifically, like, the banners. I mean, everyone knows who Logan is. Logan just refuses to be who he is, right? Yeah. Um, I know, everybody's like, come on, dude. Like, every time they, they're like, oh, Wolverine, the baddest, whatever. And he's like, I'm not. My name is Logan. Leave me alone. Yeah. And well, again, because he's been fucked up, like, really fucked up shit happened. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm very excited about this story. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> such a good story. And I, yeah. I know, like, normally in the, the past, you and I have, like, kind of, not necessarily gone chronologically, yeah. But this deserves to be gone through you chronologically. Well, because it's such a, it's so rewarding to go through chronologically because there's a big, huge twist in here. Like what happened to him? God. Yeah. So you know, back to the Ghost Riders, they they end up kicking their ass, and then even Hawkeye's like, "Dude, I didn't think you were serious." Yeah. I didn't think like if push came to shove, you were literally let people beat the shit out of you. That might have, that might kill you. And Logan's like, "I told you." And even Hawkeye, like, says it. And it's a beautiful shot of just, like, Logan staring off. And then Hawkeye's, like, talk bubble coming. He's like, what did they do to you? Yeah. Like, it's intense what they did. Um, well, well, okay, so Hammer Falls happens right after this one. Okay, and then 
Okay, and then we meet. I'm trying to just move along a little bit quicker so that we can get to yeah, it's where a big we're twist. It's I know it's a big twist. Okay, so Hammer Falls happens. Um, we meet this like droid thing that's called Ultron Eight and says he's got a Hawkeye's got a message from Tanya, who is his third wife, who is Peter Parker's youngest daughter. Um, and Tanya and Hawkeye have a daughter named Ashley, who is going to be executed by Kingpin, like we said, who is the landlord of this land. Um, and then also all throughout, we get minor little bitty flashbacks about what happened to Wolverine, yeah. but it doesn't reveal shit. It just makes you realize that like these things flash into his brain, even 50 years later, like they were yesterday. Yeah. And I will just say as a side note, um, I've always like Kingpin, Kingpin is one of those villains that's very iconic in his look. Yeah. Um, it's, it's. You know, he is the mob. He is the big, brutish, hideous Shoulders, mob. yeah. Like, just a giant human who is absurdly intelligent. And I love what they did to Kingpin here. Me too, yeah. Um, he's a gang lord. He's not a mobster. He's a gang lord. And he's very, like, young. He's still a giant, but he has, like, a lip piercing and an eyebrow piercing. And he just looks like... A gang. He looks like like if you if we were to say like that's the gang leader Kingpin like I would believe you like yeah they made him look really good yeah they made him look just like it it was the most fitting rendition of a Kingpin I've seen Mm -hmm. outside of like the multiverse one yeah (laughs) the Spider Man the multiverse because that's just a great hideous Kingpin yeah but this I love this and I want that to be the king thing going forward yeah like i want him to be a gang lord and he's not you know in, in the, the current marvel thing he's like mayor which is a whole other spiel but um i loved what they did with him yeah um they, he kills magneto yeah and he takes over that land yeah he kills magneto because you know i think in his words he's like magneto got old and that's the beauty of the story everyone's getting old all those people that were at the top of the food chain they're not. They're getting old. Um, so it's just, it's really well done. Um, you get introduced, like, to the Kingpin land a little bit more. Um, and the most brutal thing, his arena, right? Yeah, and who's in the arena? <laughs> um, so the whole the whole part where Hawkeye gets with his ex-wife, his ex-wife informs him that he has to go save his daughter. His daughter went to try to be the hero, you know, and and take out the Kingpin. And this is the aftermath. She got caught. And what happens in the arena when people get caught, they get put on display. And who's on display in the arena but Daredevil and Punisher? Yeah. They're all the versions beat to shreds. And dinosaurs. And dinosaurs. There's dinosaurs in this. Guys. There's amazing dinosaurs in this. Not only is the world fucked up, there's no superheroes. There's dinosaurs. The carnivorous eating kind. It's awesome. I was so upset yet entertained. (laughs) And dinosaurs. And yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Why? Let's run with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you kind of get introduced to that brutal world, and like, oh no, this is like the heroes that are left. Like, they're dying off. Yeah. You know, and literally, Kingpin feeds Daredevil and Punisher to the dinosaurs. Yeah. It's like, oh crap! Like, yeah, there's legit no. <laughs> I know it's like you you wouldn't I, I had to look twice I was like wait no they're there's dinosaurs they ate them they're, yeah they just gone. destroyed them they're, they're dead they're oh, super dead okay um and then they go to try to save Ashley and, and again this world is 
fucked up. I know. They Even his daughter is fucked up. And his daughter, like, she beheads Kingpin with a blunt object, which is ridiculous. Yeah, like the back of a shotgun or yeah, something. Yeah, and she yeah. uses that, and that takes his head off. But then she beats up Hawkeye, and she's like, no, 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 I didn't came to save us from him. I came to become the new Kingpin. Like, mm-hmm. I have to be, like, it's just a power grab. This is like a horrible dimension universe to live in. Yeah. Like, no, like, it's just, it's everyone. Like, there's, it's doggy dog. Like, yeah. the epitome of doggy dog. It's surreal. So you have this moment where it's like, oh, crap, this person that we came to save is about to kill us. And, again, they have to break out of there with like, the skin but of their th- teeth. This is the moment where Logan's like, all right, Hawkeye, I hate you, but I'm going to help you. And he busts into the building, and he kills a few people with the with the Spider-Mobile. Yeah, he doesn't, and he's like, fuck, all right, I'm coming. And then this is the slow buildup to where Logan's kind of coming out because I don't think he fully realized, like, what was actually happening in the country. I think he was trying to turn a blind eye to yeah. it. Yeah, well, so he's in the Banderland, and he was just dealing with his farm. Yeah. And, you know, they continue their, their, their road trip. Did you see the part where there's the giant Loki skeleton underneath the giant building? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, but that's, again, Loki's a good guy, I think, at this point. Loki is, he's, he becomes a part of the Avengers. Like He's a lovable villain. He's a lovable villain. I mean, we're about to find that out with uh, Marvel's new, you know, series. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, he's an anti-hero. Like, he's mischievous and he does all these bad things, but he's kind of has a conscience at times. Yeah. Um, he doesn't want to see people all die because then who can he play tricks on? He's the god of mischief. Yeah. So his whole thing is like, People need to be around to cause mischief, right? Right. Yeah. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it. Does it make a sound? Like, if Loki's around to cause mischief and no one's there to mischief. <laughs> huh. Um, You're really good at analogies. I'm not quite sure about I that am one. Words. <laughs> words are good and they flow quite freely from my mouth hole. I love it. You just Thanks. came out of a work meeting too, so bless you for being here. Okay, so, um, and then we also get like a little rem- remnants of like venoms kind of floating around, um, like jumping from thing to thing. The venom dinosaur. There's a, there's a venom dinosaur. Venom dinosaur. Yes. And, you know, I think it's okay now at this point to get to our... Well, that's literally, that was my next note. Yeah, the Wolverine story. Do you want to tell it? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great. Um, So basically, they flash back to to Wolverine in his X-Men days, right? Uh, Speaking with Jubilee. Jubilee is again with the iconic, like, short hair, pink glasses. Like, that's always Jubilee. Yeah. See, pink glasses, Jubilee. And they're, they're seeing everything going wrong in the world. They're like, oh, this is a red alert. We're getting no responses from the Avengers or, you know, so-and-so. This is what we got to do. When all of a sudden, like, his building is attacked. And he looks down and he sees, you know, like Jubilee dead. And then he sees all these villains coming for him. And Wolverine's kind of a badass. So he says, let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all his whole thing is, like, he doesn't know quit. He doesn't understand uh, defeat. He's just gonna say, "All right, there's nine of you. I guess there's gonna be nine body bags. Let's go." Yeah. Um, so he goes ham, and you see him just—it's to call it violent <laughs> is an understatement. To call it legit violent is is super like 
understatement in. He just slices everybody to pieces. He's everyone to pieces. And he keeps saying, like, Storm and, you know, Cyclops, like, where is everyone? Where are you? And he's calling out to him, like, somebody, like, come give me a hand over here. Like, I'm fighting all this on my own. And then you flip a few more pages, and again, it's more just brutal stuff. And then you go and you see, like, the, the haze go away. And then you see Mysterio. Yeah. And Mysterio's whole thing is he's a master of illusion. Yeah, master of illusion, yeah. And you're like, oh no. Oh no, no, no. And then he's holding Jubilee in his arms. Ugh. And then a page later. Oh my god. You see the entire X-Men team. It's just a pile of X-Men. Just murdered. Yeah. They used Wolverine to kill the X-Men. And that's why he doesn't, he's like, I don't want to kill a single soul again. I am not Wolverine. I am Logan. And then Hawkeye is legit. He's a good bro here. And he's like, I get it. I get it. Thank you for telling me. Yeah, like, thank you for letting me know. And and if you think about it, that was a giant portion of the villain's plan, right? Because the X-Men are still present. The X-Men are a mob. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of X-Men. So you, you take them out of the equation... It's a huge chunk of defense, right? For mm-hmm. superheroes. Uh, it's just, it's, it was such a, like, a big twist. And even talking about it, if you read it, like, you'll feel the pain. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think out loud I was like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. Sorry. We're watching too much Forky. Uh, <laughs> what? No. Uh, but, yeah, that was literally me. It was, a, it was a huge twist, and it's, and you understand it. This is that, like, dark past. And again, in Westerns, you have this. I love it. In Westerns, you have, like, the hero that comes to save. And it's like, why is he coming to this town? Why didn't he save his old town? It's like, well, this is why. Yeah. And it's one of those things where his past is trailing him. It's it's clung to him. Yeah. And you're kind of waiting for that past to catch up and for him to kind of, like, get over it. Fifty years, dude. That's like that was his whole. He basically slaughtered his family. That was his family. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then they 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 show what he did to try to like have penance. He tries to kill himself. And Wolverine, it's not that he can't die. He very much could die, but his regeneration doesn't allow him to die. Okay. Question. Uh-huh. This is as you said that, and I just remembered I had a question at this point. Okay. Wait a sec. Wolverine's a billion and two years old, right? Why is he... He never aged before. In the movies, anyway. Why is he aging now? Uh, good question. I don't know. Right? Am I right? Uh, no, you're very right. Because he already was old man Logan. Like he's, I mean... <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, you know, um, he'd never age. He'd always be like, little baby. Little baby. Little, little cutie little Hugh cute Jackman. Little baby that wants to just... Slice your face off. <laughs> no baby snake. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I guess that's one of those, like, uh, how does Superman fly faster? Like, does he just kind of... <laughs> does he <laughs> extend Wait, his arms how does further? He, <laughs> like, what does he How does do? he fly faster? <laughs> <laughs> it's But that's a very common question. Yeah. Um, actually, shout out to my sister-in-law, Jessie, who gave me an awesome uh, Physics of Superheroes book. They actually tackle that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's one of those things where you just kind of, 
He just does. <laughs> he just does. He just is. <laughs> Wouldn't be good for comics, babe. Then Joe Dirt when he's like, why is the sky blue? And just is. Um, <laughs> there's a science reason to why the sky is blue, but whatever. It's fine. Whatever. Um, but he tries to, like, give himself, like, like pay penance to what he did. And he, like, the, the, one of the coolest panels ever is him he tries to put his head on a railroad track yeah but he can't and you just see sparks because his steel skull yeah is like grinding on the it's so violent but you're like oh god like you want to kill him he can't he can't he cannot kill himself oh man what a life so now um, we get it and shortly after this they arrive in new babylon um, and and then Hawkeye's like, all right, it's time for this transaction to take go down. There's this guy named Tobias. Can we talk about uh, Venom T-Rex? Oh, is this? Oh, yeah. I just, because I'm, I'm flipping through to make sure I'm on point with everything. And there's a Venom T-Rex. Basically, uh, for those who don't know, Venom is a symbiote. This is an alien, right? And there are many Venoms. And Venom is what becomes when the symbiote attaches to a living organism, right? So there can be like a puppy venom. There can be, you know, I don't know if anyone follows like Funko, you have all these venomized Funko, or it's like a venomized Wolverine. That's the symbiote attaching to Wolverine, giving Wolverine his powers, but then also the symbiote's powers. It's kind of crazy, it's kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have this chase panel of a giant venom Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's just, it's just so cool. It's just so cool. It There's is, no other way to put it. It is very cool. He's got the um, tongue and everything. But yeah, they they go they deeper dive into the into the wastelands and. Oh, it's just so good. I know it is good. So they get to New Babylon and they they do this transaction. I know we're skipping the Emma Frost part. That's fine. We'll get there. Um, okay, so I'm just trying to. Beat it along here. Um, we get to Tobias. He's a guy. He looks exactly like Hitler. He's in a white suit. They open up the 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 briefcase, and it's 99 vials of super soldier serum for the 99 members of his Rebel Alliance. Um, and Hawkeye's like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You give me money, whatever. Got a question for you. Do you mind if I'm part of this Rebel Alliance? Because I'd really love to be an Avenger again. And he's like, yeah, sure, bro. And then he just like shoots. Wolverine and Hawkeye and he's like ha jokes on you I'm undercover shield boom it's a sting yeah shield is now a part of the evil government I mean the government right now is the Red Skull right he's the president yeah and for those who don't know super super soldier serum is basically what made Captain America um it's a huge point in the the the, the prequel uh, trade um, but it's basically what made Captain America, and there's 99 vials of it, and that's what Hawkeye was transporting. And he's like, we can recreate Cap... It was drugs! Yeah, it was drugs. But they could recreate Captain America, and they could have a whole... Yeah, he's like, this is a hope. It was a briefcase, yeah. a briefcase of hope. But, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is super corrupt now, and they're not for the people. They're, like, against the, the people. Well, it's and- always been, like... At the root of it all, right? And that's one of the big things where S.H.I.E.L.D. has always kind of been... It's kind of odd yeah. in the comics. Where they're... They're for a good, right? There's always working towards a good, <clears throat> working for heroes against villains. But they're still 
Big Brother. They're still the government. They're very much the team that'll be like, look, we're going to get rid of some of these freedoms that you have, but it's for your own good. Yeah. You know, we're going to go ahead and like read through all your emails to make sure you're not getting recruited, but it's for your own good. It's like, wait, but that's it's my personal. Invasion. You know what? Yeah. We're going to go ahead and just confiscate your home. You might, it's, my, it's for your own good. Yeah. It's like, but, so that's a common theme with S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, it's been very ambiguous. Nick Fury, he's always sees like the ends justify the means. Right. Um, so it's very fitting that S.H.I.E.L.D., it's not Hydra, it's S.H.I.E.L.D. that is the bad guys. Yeah. And it's a big double cross, right? They're like, you not, no, like you're going to die now. And again, Hawkeye's awesome and he faces death, you know, very nobly, but he, he takes a bullet. He dies, he's gone. Um, and then they, they think they killed Logan because again, maybe this is like the one side of town that forgot who that man is. Um, but then we move forward, and we're going. We get a flashback here. We get a fla- oh yeah, we you want to tell us who the president is now? <laughs> uh, so we get an awesome flashback of the Red Skull. Right, the Red Skull is standing in front of the ruins of the Capitol building. Um, the 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 U.S. Capitol building, where the Senate meets. And he's just staring at Captain America's like lifeless body, like Cap is still alive, but he's defeated. Like, the right. Red Skull has literally defeated him, and he's like taunting him, letting him know like, "Oh, you, like you lost, dude. You, everyone's dead. Like you lost, bro." And it pains you, let you know like this, the part that you fought for, the United States. Like we're gonna divide it all up into bad guys. And guess who's going to be the president? Mm-hmm. This Nazi. Like, it's crazy. And it, again, this this part was painful for me. Because I'm a more recent Captain America fan. I wasn't always a Captain America Wait, fan. Wait, what made you a Captain America fan? You know, honestly, the Chris Evans portrayal made me I was going to say the movies. Fan. I think we watched it not that um, long ago. You know, I'm, I'm, I was, <laughs> as I was folding laundry and as I'll be folding laundry later, uh, I'll be watching the first Iron Man, but probably next to that one. The first Avenger is one of my favorite movies. Like, it's just great. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It is really good. It's I just, like that yeah, one. Yeah, it's good. Uh, they do a great job. Yeah. Um, and then, so we go forward from this flashback, and we see Red Skull is very much the president, and he's... Oh, yeah, the White House is covered in, like, there's a, a statue of someone doing a Nazi salute. There's the, the, the Nazi bird. There's a Nazi swastika flag. It's bad. It's bad. And then the Red Skull is in his room... And he's staring at this like, yeah, pan, like like a it's his a, trophy room, a trophy he says. case yeah. of all like the dead heroes stuff. There's name who's there? And so it's like a Doctor Strange's cloak, a Thor's helmet, Spider Man's mask, and his web shooter. Cap shield. Okay. Cap shield at the very top. Daredevil stuff. The thing's hand. The thing's hand. Um, and then he's he himself is wearing the Captain America suit. He's kind of like, okay, you know that that guy in The Incredibles where he's like, I'm going to be a superhero. And when I, that, what's that guy? He's like in the first one. When yeah, he, yeah. It's um, voiced the, by uh, T.J. Miller. Yeah, it's the, the kid who's like, he wants to be a superhero so bad. And so he's like, I'm going to take over and I'll be the superhero. Yeah. It's kind of uh, like, that's what he looks like. He looks like a little kid is like, who's like, I have the power now. I'm oh, Captain yeah, America yeah. now. He's so childish here. It's, but he is, and it's, uh but it, you have to kind of give 
a villain that shred of like madness and the only way you the only time you truly appreciate a villain a villain's death is if you make them disgusting true i genuinely feel that like you have to Wait. have that moment that cringy moment where you're like oh i really want the hero to end this guy question where is and red skull from He's from Germany. He was a Nazi. He's actually. Well, in... I mean, the, the is he like part of the Avengers bad guys? Like, you know, where does he live? What world does he? So live? he's part of the Avengers bad guys. Okay. Uh, he was Captain America's big villain. Okay. Um, was he in the movie? He was in the first. He was in the first uh, oh, Captain yeah. America. I think we might be watching that while we're folding laundry. I know. <laughs> um, I'll be editing because I have to release this episode tomorrow. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, <laughs> he's. He he's. One of the, he's, the, he's the main villain in that movie. He's actually the main villain in the first Captain America movie from the 80s with the really bad Oh, suit. no shit. Yeah, it's pretty great. So it's he doesn't look so like bad. that? He doesn't look like that um, in the He's 80s? always just... Um, I think in the 80s he had like a red mask. But it's always been like he's the Red Skull. It's just... Mm. He's a Red Skull. Um, and it's supposed to be the effects of... I mean, in the movie it's the effects of... A bad soldier serum, like them Nazis trying to recreate it, but then creating oh. like this weird cracked out, like funky version. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's he's a madman. He's disgusting, and you want to see him die. And yeah. so Tobias comes in with these two thugs, and he's like, you know, we got the serum, you know, we got this, we got these two bodies. And they slam him down and they start talking about like Tobias's promotion. And then of course he's like, yeah, Hawkeye's dead. You know, and but the other guys, his butt holes are closed. They're he- yeah, I love that. It's like, why are his bullet holes closed? <laughs> he's like, cause you killed Wolverine, you idiots. <laughs> You just see like a, a swift kick in like the, the go yeah. for the guy. I was like, it was like the, the need to be like a fight action sequence where he was like, Dunna, <laughs> it was like he has risen. Oh, and his being risen up out of the bag is great. Like yeah. he had the bullet. And again, Wolverine is older. His healing, they call it his healing factor. Yeah. It's not what it used to be. Like he's just aged. Your time is undefeated. And he's healing a lot slowly. So you see these like bleeding bullet wounds on his body and it's like oh shit and he's coming up and he's like a mess and he's like he does he says you're going down skull but he really means is like i'm about to fuck you up dude dude this sequence when he starts fighting him and he's like red skull's got the advantage and he's like go down you just stay down yeah but here's the thing right and it's beautiful because it's coming with the red skull and we see it again with bruce banner Villains need heroes. They need them. We saw that in that documentary that we watched yeah, on HBO. Yeah, like, that's what they were saying. They don't have a purpose. The Red Skull is the same thing. Yeah, that's you true. Know, shout out to that documentary on HBO. It's great. It's really fun. Um, what was it called again? Oh, I don't know. It's like Villains 101? Yeah, something. Um, but he, the Red Skull gets excited. He wants a fight. So he like he seals himself in this room with Logan, like we're about to fight. And they go and it's back and forth until Logan gets the shield. Yes. But and and that's the thing too. They don't like show him getting the shield. It's just like boom, review like revealed in one panel. He has the shield. Yeah, like he slams him into the case. So all everything is like thrown about. And then the shield's on the ground. Ching. 
And he goes to like, he grabs the Ebony Blade, which is another, it's a deep dive into uh, Marvel lore. That's a whole other The Ebony, Ebony, Ebony Blade? Blade. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to have very similar powers to Thor's hammer. Okay. Um, as far as like, you have to be worthy to wield it. Okay, so he but, takes the shield and he totally decapitates. Yeah, so he blocks the blade with the shield and the, the skull's like, no! Like, shit! And then he beats the shit out of the skull with the shield. He literally beats the crap out of him and then finally, like, he has him down on the ground and the skull's like, you don't, like, you're not gonna do it. And he just drives the shield through his neck. Oh, so good. So, like, can I just say, there's yeah. so much decapitation <laughs> in Like... And we're, the best part about this book, again, everything we've talked about, and we've omitted a bunch, mm-hmm. um, which is equally as good, and you guys really should get this book, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Um, we're, like, not even the whole way through. This isn't the end. I know. It's like, this is when, but in, okay, so we don't have to tell this whole part, because I kind of want to save it for the for the readers a little bit. Just, like, well, no, it's kind of hard, because, like, it's, it's hard. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. Okay, all right. So, again, talk. like, you have Wolverine, he's killed the president. Yeah. You know, the the security's on his way into the door and he's like how the hell am I supposed to get out of here because the whole time he's still thinking like I gotta get back to my family the banners are coming for rent I've gotta get back to my family so he like turns and you see him like stare at the floor and he sees the Iron Man suit Mm -hmm. and it's one of those like oh I know what's happening this is like the slow pan, like the yeah. slow zoom into his face when he gets the idea, yeah. and then the music starts turning up, and then you just you just hear that's the Iron Man, and that's literally what happens. And you you could hear almost hear ACDC playing as, yes. soon as they come in, and it's Wolverine rocking the Iron Man suit and just blowing away a whole room for the bad guys. And then <laughs> what's your Iron Man noise? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> Boop. Boop. Pew. 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 Kaboom. <laughs> the sound, you know the sound when you throw uh, throw the shoes that you wore for the day, like, at the bed? Right. Uh, uh, kicking my shoes off. That's the sound. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we're not sound um, effects people. And then again, just to fast forward through, he sees the suitcase of money that the skull is going to pay Tobias. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's rent. He just books it, you know. He's in the Iron Man suit. Iron he Man flies suit. home like three thousand miles. He has to get. He has to book it from DC all the way back to like California. Yeah, and he, it goes like like two thousand miles from home, one thousand miles from home, and the suit just starts like slowly shutting down. It's like you're losing battery. You're losing battery, and he's like, shut, shut up, shut up. Um, and then he eventually dives headfirst into like some sand, and then he just starts running. Yeah, he's like, go, go, go! I gotta hurry, and he gets home. And there's somebody on his porch. He's like, I got the money. I got the money. I got the money. And the guy's like, I'm so sorry. And he's like, but I got two more weeks. And he's like, no. Uh, they got bored. They got bored. Like, that's how evil they are. And then it's like, at that point, that's the snapping moment. That's where like. The snicked moment. Yeah, he's like, I'm not Logan. I'm Wolverine. I'm Wolverine. And. But there's, okay, explain yeah, it's that. it's a giant. Thing. So it's pretty awesome, right? Yeah. It's the guy tells him, and then Logan goes and he sees you see the bodies of his his two kids and his wife, right? In his house. And the guy's like Logan, like, Logan. And he's like, my name isn't Logan, Bub. And then you get like 
snicked across two pages. Just black, snicked. Black background, red lettering, snicked. And it's just like, it's Wolverine. Wolverine. And his, again, his healing factor isn't there, so he can't heal when his blades come out. So, like, you see the blood in his hands. Wait, why can he... What do you mean he can't heal? So, before, right? I just saw him at DC. He healed. <laughs> so, so well, in DC, he didn't... Um, like, he did his blades didn't come out. Oh, right. So, and even then, like, his healing is slow. And that's what always made him able to, like, shoot claws out of his skin and then the skin close again. Yeah. Right? It's his yeah. healing factor. His healing factor doesn't work that good anymore. Right. So, like, now it comes out and he's bleeding. Mm-hmm. It's it again. It's small detail, but it's just like, oh shit. And then, then they turn up the heavy metal music even more. <laughs> and I feel like there's a lot of dialogue here, but you didn't need it. No, it could have just been... like it's just like two of the banners. Like they're in like a watering hole or in a something. watering hole, just like bathing off blood, mm-hmm. and it's just gore, like just Wolverine. It's well, it's fast. It's like all of a sudden he's just like no. This is like the big redemption part. And it's just like he goes to the watering hole. He goes to uh, Sonny Stark's bar where the guys who literally killed his family are like celebrating that they killed Wolverine's family. Again, if anyone who's seen Tombstone will understand this, it's um, when White Earp's brother gets shot. Mm -hmm. There's like a whole montage where he he puts his brother on a train to leave. And there's a whole montage of him just chasing down bandits yeah that's this montage just played out in panels yeah so it's literally like wolverine just fucking up banners yeah. right because there's there's multiples right and they haven't dove into why there's multiple hooks um it's sort of insinuated with the fact that like they're hillbillies and it's kind of and implied multi- like oh it's it's incest it's inbreeding yeah. he right? says yeah I slept with my cousin and, yeah. yeah and it's it's they literally say hillbillies we're not yeah. just saying it like yeah, they literally it's, say they're it's hillbillies. how they describe themselves and yeah um, they're a stereotype they're yeah. very much playing into a stereotype mm-hmm. um, and it's it's gory and it's crazy and it's an amazing redemption like oh I'm staring at this panel now of like Wolverine coming out of the water Blah! and on this like slice. It's beautiful. It's like, damn. Like, that's... And that's the Wolverine we all know, right? And that's the Wolverine that's never really been portrayed well. Yeah. Is just how savage he is. Yeah. Um, And again, he's Wolverine. Like, Wolverines are crazy. They don't give up. Like, a honey badger, you don't give up. Fuck. Like, he's a savage. He'll just rip you to shreds. Yeah. And he does that. He goes to a diner... And he finds him in the diner and he's just like, there's this ridiculous panel of him like, just, it looks like he chomped into them because there's blood coming from his face. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh dear God, everyone is scared because you should be because he has lost his fucks. Yes, there is no more fucks. He's Wolverine again. Yeah. He's just like, he's going out, he's doing the thing. And then, and then we see um, the banner dudes, they like, they like messed up these like pile of women at Hef's Manor and oh, it's supposed to be like um, it's weird. It's a brothel. It's like oh, it's a, a brothel. The, the Playboy Mansion into a brothel. Yeah. And he slept with all those. So he takes them. He takes Bo. I think Bo is at that one, and he takes him to the RV park, and he puts a bomb in his mouth. 
Oh God, that scene was great. I know. He puts a bomb in the middle of the RV bark. He, he plants Bo. He has a bomb in his mouth. Bo Banner. Bomb in his mouth. Boom! And he just like blows up the entire RV park. And you're like, go, 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 go. Oh yeah, it's fucking great. And then it's, again, it's just gruesome and it's great. And there's literally, there's pages. There's, like, there's five speech bubbles in like four pages. Yeah. It's just all just, this is how Wolverine killed this one. And this is how he killed this one. And then you finally, he finally gets to like, they call him Grandpa Banner, which is this Bruce world's Man. Bruce Banner. But, okay, this is the thing. And I was like, why? I love Hulk. Hulk's a sweetie. Like, what's happening? As they're fighting, I'm kind of jumping ahead. He says, um, I don't know why I'm like this. I think it's the radiation. They say it's the radiation sickness that got to my brain. Yeah, he and I was, was like, like, wait, what? There's radiation? I didn't know there was radiation here. Yeah, there's. Well, I mean, so the Hulk, his, oh, he's his actually, camera rays, oh. right? So it's his own, like, the radiation that he's letting into Oh, I thought it mind. was like more radiation because this place is just a wasteland like i was no, just ex- it's it's literally just him oh okay like, I guess he's I- just lost his mind <gasps> and again if you think about in the hulk movie and again the movies it's portrayed um where there's like intelligence on one side and savagery on another jacqueline um, hyde yeah. yeah in this book it's like no 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 like there's genuine like bipolar schizophrenic thing going on in Bruce Banner's mind mm-hmm. and he's he's lost it he's just lost it and it's awesome because you see him and he comes out and he's this like withered old man but he has Hulk strength yeah and he's like well he goes don't make me mad oh there's a Hulk amazing fight scene and again you see like a little old man probably in his 80s he's a little old man out of over and then finally Wolverine thinks he's ended him, right? And he like stabs him through the chest. And then he's like, you've made me upset. And it's an old man Hulk. Like he's bald. He's got wrinkles. Like, Hairy. And... He's not the youthful Hulk that we know. But he's huge and he's got a belly. Like, And he, he takes a bite out of Wolverine. He, he eats him. He, he eats him eats alive. Him. Yeah. And then you get like panels like 12 hours later. And like the last of his kind comes in. And he's like, you know, he killed everyone. And then Hulk is like, no, you know, I ate him. That's what we did with our enemies. We ate him. Been doing it for a long time. We're fine. And then But I got a like, stomachache. He's like, but I got a stomachache. He's like, yeah, you ate someone with a regeneration. Yeah. It regenerates. And he's like. Healing factor, yeah. You bastard. And then tell me what happens next. And then Wolverine goes, through his belly, out of his body. He's like, like what up, motherfucker? <laughs> I'm like Wolverine. Like the alien baby? Like the alien baby? In yes. <laughs> and I was like, well, he ate him. And I was like, well, that was dumb. You big dummy. What are you doing? Stupid. Don't you read? Wolverine has healing factors, bro. And it was just such a good end. And again, this... It, and it's not even done. It's not even done yet. You know, he's talking to the kid and there's... There's one thing that uh, Grandpa Banner loves, right? And it's his youngest grandson. Bruce. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce. Little base, baby Bruce Banner. Yeah. And it's like the newest newborn of the clan. Banner clan, yeah. Banner clan. And he loves him. And then, you know, this the last remaining relative is like one left. And he's like, don't hurt the baby. And he's like, well, he killed all my family. And they don't show anything. And they... they Pants and Logan burying his family and like 
A couple months. Yeah. A couple months later, and one month later, and you know he's back home and he's buried his family, and you find out that he's very much like riding into the sunset. He's gonna bring a law to a lawless land. Like he's gonna be the new sheriff. He's gonna go after people, and he has a little like baby Hulk in his backpack. He didn't kill the baby. <laughs> Was, baby yeah. Hulk Bjorn. He was a, he he had a little Mandalorian moment here. Yeah. He has got a baby Hulk. Literally, he was small and green as well. Yes, yes. And again, this is why. Don't get me wrong. The story is great. The volumes are great. Going forward, there's a lot of like crazy Marvel knowledge that goes into it. But you can read this and be super satisfied. Be yeah. Like, oh yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, I don't want to know anything bad that happens. I'm just going to assume that he takes over. I mean, let's see. Who's died? He's killed the president, a bad guy. He's killed the entire Banner Bunch. Um, and there's somebody else that died. And I'm Kingpin. Not, Kingpin's died. Like, major landowners, because of him, have died. So he either is going to go, like annihilate the rest of them or just like be like the world's savior and just is like the next i don't know i don't think he'd have to be pre- can you imagine wolverine as president <laughs> yeah, remember the the, the the slap chop where <laughs> it chops you like slap chop you never saw that infomercial no I feel like he'd be like everyone gets a slap chop just for chopping stuff so it could be a little bit like Logan. Oh, where you, it's like it's like it's you put like a vegetable. Yeah, in he it just slaps it, and you slap it, and it, it it's I don't like know. that's where my brain went. That's it's okay. Little insight into your husband. Yeah, I I mean um, I know you. It's insight for them. Not me. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> uh, it's just a great story, and it's open ended. Like you can in your brain, you can do whatever you want. You can create fan fiction about his next stories. Um, it's just it's a great ending point. And that's how Westerns did it. It's like there wasn't unnecessary like a sequel. It's just the end of that story. And then the hero rides off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. And I this is it. it. The hero just rides off to the sunset. And oh, it's just, it's so well done. I know. So well done. It is really well done. When we were, when I was like, oh shit, yesterday I was like, oh shit, uh, we don't have the audio. Um, uh, what, what do I got to read? You're going to be on. What are you going to read? You're like, old man Logan. <laughs> and I was like, all right. I mean, I guess that's cool. I mean, it's not really an X-Men comic, X-Men comic, because all the X-Men die. die. <laughs> but what are you going to do last minute? Hit the bookshelf. We got X-Men over here. Um, cool. No, I'm so glad that we read this. Oh, and you... I think I brought this up before. You have... Old Man Hawkeye is the precursor to this one. Yeah. So don't read that one before this one. Though. Okay. You don't if you read it. that one, you'll get major spoilers for this one. Yeah. Uh, but if you read this one, you can appreciate Old Man Hawkeye. And again, it's, it's another Western. It's not too much depth into the setting. Yeah. You know the setting. Mad Max, dystopian, it's uh, no hope, it is lawless, it is villains everywhere, heroes not to be found. That's the setting, that's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. And then after that, just a story of redemption. Yeah. You know, vengeance and redemption. It's the hero's journey very much, and it's, it's just really good. And this is a, a, a story style that's become really big. Um, we have, uh, there's a ton of, uh, stories the style? end. Yeah, this, like, the end stories. Oh. So there's, like, um, the end, I think, for Captain America, or there's, like, Old Man Cap, or, I forget, but it's, it's the end. It's basically the heroes on their way out. 
I like that. Like, is there an old man Batman? Um, I mean, technically, The Dark Knight Returns. Oh. Um, that's the, 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 the one where he's old, combats Superman. Um, oh. That's very much so an old man. He's one of Batman. the ones I'm like, what? Like, he's human. So he's... Batman Beyond is old man Batman. <laughs> oh. I don't um, know. Yeah, there's, oh, that's there's, true. there's, old man Batman exists. Um, they just did a crossover for the DC um, universe on the Arrowverse. Oh. Where they introduced, like, old man Batman, I think. There's talk of, in the Flash movie, um, bringing in Michael Keaton to play a type of old man Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, from one of Flash's universes, because the Flash can move that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a... It's a common thing of like, it's the rabbit hole, you know, in poker. It's like, well, I want to see what, I folded, but I want to see what the cards would have been, right? And it's like this, you know, yeah, I know what it is now, but what would it be if? It's a giant what if. Makes me super excited for when we get the what if series on Marvel. Dude, I'm so excited uh, for that. On Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Cool. Yeah, well, thank you for introducing this to me. Um, uh, thank you for jumping in last minute as well. You're my you're my hot backup. Uh, I got you, boo. You tagged me in. You want to be ready for the the episode high five? We always do a high five. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm. But this one was a tag in. Like a, you're yeah. Tag me in. in. Yeah. <laughs> um, he will be back on October third for thirty one days of horror. Do you want to tell people what you're reviewing with me? Absolutely. Um, this was a fun comic that uh, we found in our one and only Comic Con uh, trip. Hey, it would have been two, but this year was canceled. This was canceled. COVID canceled. Um, uh, I found it. It's a, a, it's a newer ish. At the time, they were just about like four or five years in. Aftershock Comics. Um, they did a whole run of uh, Mary Shelley. Yeah. A little Mary Shelley, a five or six issue run. Monster Hunter. Mary Shelley, Monster Hunter. It's a little spin on the the Frankenstein story that we know and love. Don't reveal what it is. I will not. But but he's great. He's coming on October 3rd to review that with me. And then I think, um, well, I mean, gosh, you know, I try to plan far ahead and just with podcasting and my podcaster pals out there, I know y'all can attest, sometimes you just don't know. You're like, I think this will happen. It's on the schedule, but we'll see. Um, I That's do, why we write it in pencil. We write it in <laughs> pencil or we put it on Excel spreadsheet because we have the backspace button. Um, no, so I want you to come back and review Marvel 616 with me. And I'll think about it. You'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you talk to my agents. I have a list of demands. Is it the rabbit? Uh, it's the rabbit. And then I only want yellow, yellow M&Ms in my... Uh, <laughs> cool. Well, all right. So thank you, babe. I love you, you for being here. Um, like I in said... General? <laughs> in Just being here. Thank you. Um, next Sunday will be the next... Like I said before, next Sunday will be the next episode for OCD so I can give that X-Men episode time to breathe or else it will be 32 days of episodes. You're welcome. Woo! You're welcome. Um, but yeah, no, for real, guys. We ah, Guys, 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 and girls, girls, and everybody in between. Guess what? 31 days of comic book horror... October 1st through 31st, every single day is a horror comic or a horror comic movie. Yes, there are different guests. There's a couple people who come back twice because I just love them. 
no, I loved everybody, but uh, it just, the schedule just worked out that way and it made sense. Um, we've got a lot of cool surprises and uh, just fun guests. Last week I already, I got like a new guest and I was like, oh, yay, they're coming. Um, so it changes, it's still changing constantly. I'm still recording it, I'm almost done. Um, it, but anyway, be there or, or beware, it'll be so awesome. Uh, check us out on Instagram and OCD Podcast, Facebook, facebook.com slash OCD Podcast, Twitter at Ongoing Comic Pod, and Patreon at patreon.com slash OCD Podcast. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. Tune in on Sunday, 9-27, for uh, X, another X-Men episode. Say bye, babe. Bye, babe. Hey guys, my name's Kyle, and I'm the dummy dum-dum who messed up the uh, audio for this episode. Um, I am here to answer the five questions people wrote in with, so at least we can have that. Uh, after losing a pretty good episode that, you know, I guess some things are just too beautiful to live. I'm dumb. Anyways, question one, why do you think Glob Herman is the best character? Because he definitely is. I fully agree. Glob Herman is a character who was introduced in the Grant Morrison run, and then he has a very prominent role in Wolverine the X-Men. And those are two of the modern runs of X-Men post-Claremont that I am a big fan of. And so I love kind of him running through. I love him lighting himself on fire and running around. I think that it's fun because he's also within the same universe as like Quentin Choir and the Stefford Cuckoos and all those kind of like new kids, uh, the Apocalypse Kid, all the ones that pop up in the uh, Wolverine and the X-Men run are really to me like kind of a super fun group of kids. And, I, you know it's neat to see like a bunch of original X-Men characters who come in who are like fun and interesting and have personalities because I feel like that was such a thing for a long time and then it was sort of like, but what about if they're all just versions of Cable uh, and you know, or versions of Wolverine? And so it's, it's nice to see those. And I think Glob Herman is visually and personality-wise one of the most fun of them, so I'm definitely on board. Number two, I'm interested in his take on Wolverine's bone claws. Personally, I hate the idea. I, I, in the original version of answering this question, really went on an emotional journey. So I think I've got a better version of it. So do I. But what I really hate is Feral Wolverine and all the stuff that came from that. I also, I imagine it bugs you too because it's the idea that like mutant, like, like, like when you can't use mutant powers, he's always popping them claws. And I think definitively we know that in the cartoon, he points to his claws and goes, these ain't a mutant power, bub. And that should be the definitive. I think we should always turn to the cartoon for the final answers. Um, but yeah, so I don't love the bone claws. I think origin as a whole is kind of like not a great idea. I think like people get real hard on to try to give Wolverine this like sense of a past or, you know, try to answer those mysteries. And I think that's a mistake because I don't think anything good comes from knowing more about Wolverine. I think the attraction is the not knowing. And, and, you know, it, it doesn't add a whole lot to it. Like, I, I think that, like, uh, knowing he's James Howlett did not make me like or care about Wolverine any more than I did before. Like, I think that instead, like, having these moments where it kind of, like, alludes to stuff is a more interesting kind of way to do it. Or just have it all be, like, the Weapon X backstory stuff, because I think that's the one version of backstory stuff that kind of works. You know, and so, I don't know. So, I think that, that as a whole, like... It, it's just one of those things where like you know wolverine's one of those things where like it's very simple it's like a simple dish where you don't have to add a lot it's like good scrambled eggs are not super busy and and they can be delicious by just having a very core set of elements and i think wolverine is very much like that like the more you try to complicate that the worse it gets because you just need it to be a simple through line because you can do a lot with that you know you look at, at you know i i in the episode talked about the uh wolverine ongoing series 
uh, is so good. And and part of it is because they're just like, this is what he does. Let's put him in scenarios where that that is a thing instead of having to like build. You know, they kind of operate within his life and hit things instead of it being like, let's spell it all out. Um, so yeah, but Bone Claws. Uh, no bueno. It's it's uh, lame and ultimately leads to feral Wolverine in the 90s after Wolverine takes his skeleton out. And that shit is garbage. So, yeah. Question number three. What character not in the Marvel Universe do you think would make a good X-Men edition? I think Static Shock would be great. Static Shock's definitely on my list. He'd definitely be a fantastic character to see. My number one would be John Constantine because I think there's no street-level magic in the Marvel Universe. I think like DC does magic a lot better than Marvel does. I've never been a big Doctor Strange guy, and I think Doctor Strange especially doesn't work when he's talking to somebody like Daredevil or, or Black Widow or like somebody who, who's more of a, like, I'm on the ground in the world doing shit, like, especially like, like the street-level Marvel characters. Just when this guy with a cape shows up and does magic finger stuff, it always feels like kind of... Like, these two people should not be in the same universe, like, or at least not having a super earnest, like, well, I take this guy with a Tom Selleck mustache perfectly seriously. I think that, like, a John Constantine would be a fun answer to Doctor Strange. You know, I think that's what he does in DC so well, is that you have so many kind of wackadoo magic characters, and having him not only, like, brings the audience into something they can identify with within this fantasy context but also like helps ground all those other characters because they're like well if this vaguely normal person like doesn't bat an eyelash at this but also like acknowledges that it's strange like that is sort of how i am reacting as an audience so i now as a result you know like in the john constantine case like i can take an emotional through line a little easier on Swamp Thing because I've seen him through and I think like in Swamp Thing it works with a lot of people I think Abby Arcane's a big part of that too but I think that like having that helps the the overall credibility of things in a fantasy thing I think having that juxtaposition really works out well and so I don't know so I think that uh, John Constantine Static Shock and also be super good him and Spider-Man chilling feels like a good time um, alright number four X-Men continuity is full of retcons, alt dimensions, time displaced younger versions of the characters, and more. For someone whose X-Men knowledge is mostly based on the movies and cartoons, what's the place to start uh, best run to read? Uh, hey, Reed. Uh, he is from the Dr. DC podcast. I have a few suggestions on this. Uh, number one is a very recent piece called X-Men Grand Design by Ed Piscor. It is a three-volume run that basically runs through the, the history of, of X-Men up to like the 90s. And it's great. It's beautiful. His art's amazing. It's very, you know, it's basically just, it's like the cliff notes of, of an insane decades worth of dense reading material and, and with beautiful drawings and kind of cool takes and stuff like that. So if you're just trying to get like a sample of what X-Men is without having to commit too hard, that is 100% what you should check out. The, uh, the other couple, you know, probably the other one that I'd recommend I feel like there's something, but I definitely, I feel like I had an answer for this and now I don't remember. But part, the other one that I definitely recommend because it is a goddamn delight is uh, uh, X, Wolverine and the X-Men. I'd mentioned it before. It's Jason Aaron's book. It's uh, it's kind of in between a lot of stuff. It's very self-contained. It's it's uh, most of the big, big X-Men folk have gone. They're either radicalizing somewhere else or they're doing different stuff. But uh, Wolverine ends up having to run the school and he's got these you know, crazy kids, and it's just fun. It's a great book. There's a lot of great turns. Jason Aaron's one of my favorite writers, but at the same time, like, it feels like 80s X-Men. It feels a little bit like the cartoon. There was a Wolverine the X-Men cartoon, which is also excellent, but uh, but this doesn't follow that a ton. 
Uh, but it's like if you ever wanted to see Wolverine in clown makeup, that is a thing that happens in there. There's just a ton of fun stories. It pulls from a lot of history. You can tell it's just written by somebody who is just gleefully getting to write an X-Men book, which is very much Grand Design's feel as well. So I would say probably those two without trying to overwhelm you. Because my other third suggestion, that's right, was just read the entire 10 years from 78 to 91 of the X-Men, which is a real big commitment. But it is a goddamn delight. Um, but I would say say those are probably good places to go. I also mentioned to Tess on the episode, uh, I think that the spinoff series are all very interesting. I, I am a huge fan of New Mutants because it's such a like dark, deceptively dark book. Uh, and, and I think that like, it's a very neat thing. And I don't think there's a lot of other comic books that exist that are, are like new mutants. Uh, and, and it's, it's something you kind of got to experience the art, the characterization, the very, very dark storylines where the book seals, like it should be power pack. And instead it's just a nightmare factory. It's definitely the darkest of the X books. X factory. I also think is a lot of fun. Uh, I think that you get interesting characterization it's going to play into question five so i'll get back to that in a minute and then also if you are looking to have some fun x-men adjacent swashbuckling adventures but you've never been a big x-men person uh i like the core x-men books because my feeling is always that like x-men is best when it's a sci-fi story with a and a family drama more than a superhero story i am i am pretty adamant about that that i think that that's what makes the book good uh is when it's when it's playing with science fiction and and a family relationships i feel the same way about fantastic four but like whereas fantastic four leans more on the like adventure side and i think x-men plays more with like you know science fictiony ideas and both are adventures and they're wearing costumes sometimes and shit like that but i think like the focus being less on we must save the world and more like there's a crazy conceptual thing and we're we're in the midst of it you know it's the same reason that i love doom patrol and and doom patrol being a thing that heavily 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 influenced the x-men you know it's it's neat to see that both kind of have that same through line of like yeah we look like superheroes but ultimately it's this this kind of weird uh, you know, world somewhere in between where crazy shit can happen. I've got, hang on. Ah, there we go. I could feel spit slowly drawing from my mouth uh, out of uh, sadness for the episode we lost. Uh, but number five, what is your preferred take on Cyclops, the idealistic leader who follows Charles Xavier's teaching or the revolutionary figure hitting out against the anti-mutant sentiments? Uh, I have a different take on Cyclops, which is that Cyclops is a very very damaged person who uh you know is is lashes out at people around him because he has so many issues with himself um the best example i can think to me like a very definitive cyclops moment is at the beginning of x factor he learns that gene gray is still alive but he is married and a father and without a second thought, abandons his wife and baby <laughs> to go back and get with her. And to me, that was the point where I was like, oh, Cyclops is an asshole. Like, we can we can dig into it, but ultimately, like, they had to, like, retcon the series to make him less shitty. And I think that sucks because I think that his plot line up to that point is so interesting. Of This guy, like, Scott finally, like, leaves the X-Men and gets married because Claremont's idea was always to just have people kind of moving in and out of being on the team and expanding the family and changing faces, which is the thing I really love and the thing I think, like, good comics are able to do you know i look i use in the episode the examples of like fables you know i think is another great book that does that where like at a certain point it's all different characters but you're still on board because you love this book and uh so i think when cyclops's case like he is uh, uh 
you know, abused as a kid, abandoned, has a ton of abandonment issues, locks into this thing, follows this guy whose ideology and like, let's face it, Professor Xavier is not exactly like a model guy. They play him in the movies and the cartoon shows like this kind of like great man. But in the books, he's like kind of an asshole and he's constantly dying and he's like, you know, using people at certain points and, and making kind of questionable things. And I like that version of him where he's not a perfect idealist. Like, he is a complicated guy, and I think uh, Cyclops is very much in that same vein. And I think that, like, you, you know, it's it's easy to, I think it's easy to be, like, reductive of he's, like, this Boy Scout. But if you look, he's really not. Like, he, he is really, like, kind of a, a, of a dark guy. And not in, like, necessarily a bad way, but I think especially, like, the best example is, like, when young Cyclops comes back from you know the past in that that recent run and he looks at at modern cyclops and goes like i don't want to grow up to be this person and i think that that's pretty valid because like cyclops is is maybe not the person you want to grow up to be and so so yeah so i think that like if this you know you see where it comes from you see like the the relationships he's had and the life he's had but at the same time you also see like the way he treats people around him is is you know pretty pretty dark and so i i think that it's it's an interesting thing to explore but i think like reducing him just down to this boy scout or this extremist really undoes some of the best aspects of scott as a character over the course of the x-men and i think that it's especially something that like in the 90s because it was kind of in the hands of writers who weren't good, uh, you end up with a lot of like the characters being reduced down instead of having these kind of like emotional histories and pasts and psychologies that I think you get when the book is really good. And I think even like what was cool is like I feel like Grant Morrison really had a good understanding of that when he was working on the book and he has him, you know, cheating with, with Emma Frost and stuff like that. Cause you get to see like, oh, he can be a selfish asshole, but he sometimes hides behind his identity and then gives himself permission because of that, which is a thing you watch people do. And so I think like watch Cyclops through the lens of that, you know, and kind of look across the history of it. And there's a lot of stuff, you know, I think the dark Phoenix saga messes up a lot of that. In the episode I talk about, I find the dark Phoenix saga kind of not the best starting point. I don't think that it's a good representation of what X-Men actually is. I think it feels more like uh, people like it because it's an easy self-contained story. And, it's the most superhero-y kind of story. It almost feels to me like more of a DC story than a Marvel story. But uh, the the it, it really focuses on Gene and Scott, which overall the series is kind of not about. You know, it's much more of this family drama across generations. And really, if you're focusing on characters, I think as much as you get you know Scott like as a as a character in it like it's really undercutting characters like Storm who's such an emotional through line through the show and really has a lot more interesting plot lines and is a lot more of a presence in in the series and on the team and I feel the same way about uh, Kitty Pride is another character who kind of gets lost I think because she wasn't in the cartoon show she kind of became lost on a generation and that sucks because there's some really incredible characterization there and just just across the board i think the idea that this endless focus on gene and scott is a thing i wish would go away because you really have this incredible deep deep bench of of interesting characters and you know and even out the gate you know it's not even like there's obscure things but i think like storm and kitty pride and and some of the other characters in that era really get short shift because it's hard to figure out how to put them in context and so it becomes easier to just kind of erase a you know 10 years worth of x-men continuity that has nothing to do like gene grace isn't in x-men that often 
and yet she's essential every time they do it because they're obsessed with those original five and like the original five x-men don't have a ton to do with x-men history you know when you when giant size kicks off and you get that new cast it really is fucking star trek the next generation and i think that the disappointing thing to me is like I think the reason something like Star Trek The Next Generation works is because you let it exist on its own. You don't have to have, uh, you know, Spock constantly come in and go like, I'm co-signing this show. Like, you really kind of just like, okay, these are my people. This is where we live. And and I think that, you know, it's, you know, having Cyclops there is an interesting angle. It's like Worf coming to DS9. But at the same time, I think that, like, I wish people would give those later groups of x-men the same level of reverence that they have for like the original five because the original five if you go back and read those comics are not particularly interesting <laughs> and and don't have the same kind of rich back catalog and the different points of view that you get with the later x-men books and i think is something that you know is it perfect absolutely not but it's it's they were trying things in that book in that time period that i think other books weren't doing and i think that that's one of the things that makes it so so interesting um i have again rambled too long thank you tess and i'm very sorry for messing up my audio it was still a pleasure to talk to you as always and thank you guys for listening to my answers hello darling it's me tess Janos, host of the ongoing comic book discussion podcast and if i got a halloween treat for you this october i am hosting a horror comic marathon for 31 days that's right my frightful fiends every single day from october 1st to october 31st ocd will review a horror comic to count down to the greatest holiday ever conjured you can follow ocd on instagram and ocd podcast facebook at facebook.com OCD Podcast and Twitter at Ongoing Comic Pod. It's going to be a hauntingly good time, so be there or or just just be there. Ooh. This was a brain freeze podcast. <laughs>